The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. A Friday of the long weekend, the Canada Day long weekend. Of course, July 1st marks Canada's 152nd birthday. A time to celebrate this great country of ours. Maybe you're heading out camping, planning a party, celebrating an anniversary, whatever it is, enjoy. We thought we'd celebrate Canada for a little bit this afternoon with Dr. Ken Monroe, who is a retired professor of history from the U of A and a member of the Monarchist League of Canada. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you. I wanted to talk with you, just maybe kind of look back at some of the interesting, um, maybe some quirky, a little bit interesting um, uh, points of history of, of this country of ours. And maybe you could start by explaining to us, um, you know, maybe a brief history of celebrations on July 1st. How did they start? When did they start? Well, they started in uh, 1868, a year after uh the country was formed, uh, the Lord Monk, who was our Governor General at the time, issued a proclamation calling on Canadians to celebrate the Dominion of Canada. And uh, people did slowly begin to warm to this idea. And finally, in 1879, it became a public holiday by an act of Parliament for the first time. And so from that time on, all Canadians uh, were given the day off and in order to celebrate or just relax and uh, enjoy the, uh, the uh, life we have here in Canada. Uh, Dominion, uh, again, I, I'm sorry if you just touched on this. Did, when did it switch from Dominion Day to Canada Day? Well, there was an act of, after the Constitution came home in April 1982, a bill, uh, an act was passed in the Canadian Parliament to change the name to Canada Day. Uh, so if, uh, the first time we celebrated Canada Day as such was on July 1st, 1983. Mm, okay. Um, and uh, what do you do for Canada Day, Ken? Well, I usually uh, go down to the legislature around noon. Sometimes I, I have gone to the pancake breakfast early in the morning <laughs> here uh, at the legislature from 7 to 9. Yeah. But uh, I, I often go for the uh, swearing-in ceremony of new Canadians on the stage uh, and the south side of the part of uh, legislature grounds uh, for new Canadians people that are yeah. gaining their citizenship for the first time. Dr. Monroe, um, if I were, I was in uh, in France back in 2008 and made a stop at um, the um, the Beaumont Hamel um, Memorial um, in France, and it's a very poignant and very heart-wrenching um, location. And when you read about the history of what happened there to the Newfoundlanders uh, at that time, and, and that battle, the Battle of the Somme, started on July 1st, what, 1917? 16. 16. 16. Hmm. That was, and, uh, that was a huge, had a huge impact on, on, uh, on, on uh, Newfoundland. It certainly did. Uh, that uh, battle, the 1st Newfoundland Regiment was almost wiped out uh, uh, in that battle. And as a result, it's uh, uh, 
rather a sad and happy day for Newfoundlanders and Labradorians because uh, since 1949, being part of Canada, they celebrate Canada Day. But ever since 1917, a year after that mm -hmm. battle, they have celebrated a Memorial Day. And finally, in the 1920s, it was the Newfoundland government that bought the land upon which that battle was fought. Mm -hmm. And so people can go uh, and have a pilgrimage there to honor those who had died. So, uh, of course, Newfoundland was a, was a colony of Britain at that time and not part of Canada, but it has become part of our Canadian uh, traditions ever since. Yeah, big, uh, that was a, a key event in the history of this country. Of course, Dr. Ken Monroe joining us this afternoon is a Canadian history expert, a retired professor of history from the U of A and a member of the Edmonton branch of the Monarchist League of Canada on that front. Wanted to uh, ask you about your thoughts. You had uh, pointed this out in some conversations uh, earlier about uh, the celebration of Canada's centennial with the Queen um, in 1967 what what stands out for you on that? Well, it was the Queen's presence on uh, Parliament Hill. Parliament Hill has always been a focus for the country, although everyone uh, right across the country has celebrated. But 67, while each little community, of course, put up their uh, little monuments uh, like the... Uh, uh, pad at uh, St. Paul, Alberta, these types of things. Uh, it was the uh, the birthday cake, 30-foot-high birthday cake that the <laughs> Queen cut and balloons of various colors came down where she came to celebrate with us the 100th anniversary. Mm. Uh, for the Diamond Jubilee, too, in yeah. 27, of course, we couldn't celebrate the golden anniversary because we were in the midst of war. But in 1927, the Peace Tower was inaugurated. The Parliament buildings had burned in 1916. And when they were reconstructed, the, we built a Peace Tower to bring everlasting peace. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, that was a, uh, a wish that didn't come true. Mm -hmm. But our memorial books are located in that Peace Tower. So, but the Queen's presence added a lot to that celebration. And then she went on to Expo 67. Yes. The country was awash in excitement and uh, uh, there were songs of Bobby Jimby's Canada yeah. song. And uh, as I say, these uh, little monuments around the country, everyone seemed to participate and have a great time. And it wasn't just July 1st, of course, it was the whole year, but everything was focused on July 1st. Ken, as, as we saw kind of a, a, a rise in, um, you know, separatist, separatist uh, talk, you know, certainly out of Quebec over the past, oh, how many years now? Uh, since the, 80, you know, 86, since whatever. 60s, yeah. yeah. Um, was there, was there, a, was there a pressure on to, you know, make sure that uh, we put on a good show, a good Canada Day show to show some sort of unity? Well, there uh, there was. Uh, actually, it was John Diefenbaker, the Prime Minister from 57 to 63, who uh, organized the first Parliament Hill events, and they were rather... He, he wanted to uh, strengthen the, the British 
connection. So it was the, the governor general spoke, the prime minister. There was a 21-gun salute. The carol on played. Mm. But at that, with the rise of separatism in the province of Quebec in particular, things changed. And uh, particularly in the last 40 years, there's been an emphasis not only on uh, Ottawa, but on uh, the various communities throughout the country. And there's been a subtle change in um, the celebration. Now, uh, since the 1980s, we have a noon hour celebration where the Governor General arrives and there are the formal speeches, mm -hmm. this type of thing. And then in the evening, there's uh, folk songs and uh, our, our, ta our uh, entertainment talent is is given free reign on the stage of Parliament Hill. And from the 1960s, you saw in the Indigenous community, we still sort of saw them as uh, assimilated, or mm -hmm. we wanted them to be assimilated. So you have an example of a, a, a pipe band from British Columbia. <clears throat> and these young... Uh, indigenous people were all decked out in Scottish garb and played mm. the pipes and was very, very good, and they were very good. But since that time, we've moved away from that, and in the 1990s, you find that even indig indigenous languages are used mm -hmm. on the stage mm -hmm. of Parliament Hill, and uh, people of all groups, all ethnic groups, the, the multiculturalist aspect of Canada uh, shows itself. You know, what, uh, there have been other occasions, like uh, in the 1920s, uh, the Chinese community all wore little badges uh, of humiliation because mm. of the uh, head tax and that oh. type of thing. And yet today in Edmonton, or I mean on Monday in Edmonton and in Chinatown, there's going to be one of the great uh, celebrations of Canada's hmm. birthday. So. We've come a long way from uh, the early years, yeah. and it's reflected our history. Ken, um, you know, with your your history background, obviously, and in, in, in the role that um, with the uh, with the Monarchist League of Canada, you know, you look at the the tie to to England. You look uh, at that tie to the monarchy, and I see more and more people, especially with the uh, with the uh, recent. Um, uh, birth of the the newest royal um, because you know the everyone's following everyone's taking or not everyone but a lot of people or media are paying attention to it and so I, you know I go on social media and I see people saying ah who cares you know a bunch of blah blah and they're just do you do you see more people wanting to cut ties with the monarchy uh, no, not really uh because uh, we've never lived uh, since contact, since con European contact, we've never lived under any other regime but a monarchist regime. Uh, first the French monarchy and then the British monarchy. But now the monarchy is truly Canadian. It's a Canadian monarchy. And the governor general, through the letters patent of 1947, has basically all, is really a viceroy. Mm -hmm. uh, but the queen embodies the sovereignty of the federal government in its jurisdiction and the provincial mm -hmm. governments and their jurisdiction. So that uh, she is an important uh, focal point. 
even there, uh, I must admit, however, that since uh, 1967, symbols like the Canadian flag, which was introduced in 64, in 1964, have become uh, more symbols of Canada than the monarch herself. Mm -hmm which wasn't the case, of course, before we had the Canadian flag. But yes. there, are, there are subtle changes, but still uh, the monarch is, is essential to the functioning of our system. How do you... And, go ahead. Uh, so I, I think it, and it will be very difficult to change the Constitution mm. and remove her completely, but she only has very few... Uh, Years uh, left. Things she can do right now, such as appoint extra senators, yeah. uh, and she appoints the governor general. But other than that, the governor general takes care of yeah. of other business. Can Can Queen Elizabeth is ninety three years old uh, now, and you know we start seeing and hearing talk about you know transition and that sort of stuff. We're seeing, you know, uh, her giving up a, a few of uh, of her. Uh, the roles in different organizations, handing them off to to the kids. How do you how do you see that transition? How do you see that transition from um, when when she passes to Prince um, Prince Charles? Yeah, to Prince Charles. How do you think is is that love affair going to continue with Prince I, Charles and Camilla? Well, you know it it's. Uh hidden for example uh in 19 uh, in the, the late 19, uh, 20th century uh, Ch uh charles prince charles established the prince's trust canada to focus on youth employment entrepreneurship for military veterans mm -hmm. and the revitalization of indigenous languages and through that trust 84 children's book titles in 16 different First Nations languages have been published. Like we, uh, th uh, there is great work being done by the um, royal family, which is our royal family too. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's hidden from view in many ways. The uh, Duke of Edinburgh awards, yep. for example, yep. Prince Edward, the Queen's youngest son, uh, is involved in that. And so. I think we will lose a great deal if we don't begin to recognize some of these uh, great good works that uh, the royal family does, and we don't pay very much for it, just a cup of coffee. Uh, is what the monarchy costs for us. Uh, Ken Monroe, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thank you for uh, a, a history lesson, a Canadian history lesson this afternoon. I appreciate your time. You're quite welcome. Happy Canada Day. You too. Have you ever gone and, and lined up to see any of the royals when they have come through town um what was it few, what was it last time the queen was here for some games um went to the stadium to commonwealth stadium to see the service or whatever was the ceremony that was going on there but I got, just a quick story to tell you so my father's british my father came to canada um late like early 1950s um and my grandparents are terribly british um 
may the rest in peace. It, like I, I would, I would go to their house and I would have trouble understanding my grandmother because her accent was so strong. And we'd get shipped off there a couple weeks every year, and it was, you know, it was lovely and wonderful and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I can remember getting pulled out of bed with, by my grandparents to sit up and watch Diana and Charles' wedding. And and then my dad and, and this love this, this this monarchist thing went all the way through my my house. So Charles and Diana, after they got married, their first uh, visit to Canada afterwards, uh, they were going to Ottawa and they were going to appear on Parliament Hill, and uh, then they were going to open the new police headquarters. So this is what 1980, 81, something like that, and they were going to open the new police headquarters. So my dad threw me and my brother into the car and we drove to Ottawa. We were living in, I don't know, somewhere down there. And I had, you know, big frizzy hair and braces, like headgear. And I had this, you know, red t-shirt on and, you know, those red shorts with the white stripes on the side, you know, think of 1980s, you know, with tube socks up to my knees. And I just, you know, long, my long monkey arms, like down to my knees, just a gangly kid. It was just, you know, horrific. And then there was my brother, beautiful, you know, beautiful white blonde hair and blue eyes and just, you know, the cutest little kid ever. So the first day we didn't get to see them on Parliament Hill, but the second day we get there early and there's Charles and Diana walking by and I shook Diana's hand and Charles was on the other side and a security guard comes up to my brother, pulls him over the side of the the, the security fence and turns to my dad and says, okay, if I take your son, sir. And he's like, Bob, okay. He says, meet us over here afterwards. Mm, okay. So my beautiful son, or my beautiful brother, who I lovingly, and you know this, I call him the golden child, and it stems back to this day, gets pulled out of the crowd to walk behind Charles and Diana, to walk behind Diana and carry all of her flowers. And then afterwards was introduced, sat, sat behind them uh, during the ceremony, was introduced to them afterwards. And then afterwards, they just sent him on back to, sent him on back to us. There you go. It's like, what just happened? What just happened? Anyway, that's where the golden child story began. And it continues to this day.